previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. And um, I remember when the Clydesdale lined up in the snow to take the kick. I just thought it was so beautiful. A tear came to my eye. Aww. So I'd say that mm-hmm. was... Mm-hmm. But then, as a runner-up, I remember that no, one... No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not a Budweiser commercial. Don't oh, okay. worry. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> that, that was my Budweiser pick. I'm so protective. <laughs> yeah, really. That would be a good one. This isn't a draft, you know. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and we're going three wide today. We've got Joe. Welcome back, Joe, to the podcast. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you. Good to have you. And of course, Roxy. How you doing, Roxy? I'm good. First and foremost, <laughs> you two, happy pizza day. Yeah. I mean, supposedly today is pizza day. Now, that's what the interwebs tell us. I, I don't understand all these days we have all over the place because it is apparently also... <laughs> Safer Internet Day, and this one I really don't get. Toothache Day is how is that a thing? You do not need a day dedicated to that. I don't think. Right. No. I, I don't. I don't understand, but that's what it is. So we're gonna we're just gonna call it Pizza Day because I like pizza. So yeah. Yep. Pro, pro Doesn't pizza. matter how you eat it. No. It's pizza. <laughs> now, Joe, real quick, you're not gonna yeah. understand this, but we've had quite the conversation about pizza in the last month. Just real quick, how do you eat your pizza? <laughs> With my mouth. Um, <laughs> good answer. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are you talking folding, not folding, stacking, stuff like that? Yeah, Yeah. yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, I'm a pretty, I'm a traditionalist. I don't think I get it really folded until I get down to the the backside of the pizza. But sometimes living in New York, it's it's so flimsy, you have no choice but to fold. Right. Okay. Well, we're gonna change your world later on. We're gonna do this off air because we don't want to waste the littles' time here. But we have some other alternate ways that we've encountered from other littles and things like that. And we'll even show you video of me trying them. So you know what, man, I'm, <laughs> and, I'm, op- I'm open-minded. So <laughs> oh, I don't know about this, but we'll see. <laughs> so anyway, unfortunately let's, we do have to start with on a, on a downer note, uh, we will get to a Super Bowl and talk and all that stuff, but we did have a pretty big loss in the sports writers world. We did want to say RIP to Pedro Gomez who died unexpectedly on Sunday, the day of the Super Bowl at 58. Yeah, that's a big uh, loss. Just to, on a personal note, he was always such like felt like such a calming voice. Baseball is so particular. He's got a particular mm-hmm. vibe. And I've always thought about him and like Buster Olney, Peter Gammons, those like sort of staples of ESPN baseball coverage to just be like almost members of my family because they're on my TV yeah. so much. And sure. he's, he's, he was great at what he did. And it's a huge loss. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, so now we have a couple shout outs and emails to get to. We got an email. Thank you. Shout out James Cunningham who actually hunted down a commercial Roxy was talking about that went for her favorite all-time Super Bowl commercial Yes. with the kid <laughs> and the father following. And so we got to watch it. I'll probably put it up on the Facebook page, but it's a Subaru commercial. How it is. That? Don't hilarious. hate me. <laughs> did you cry when you watched it again? Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. <laughs> And it really, it wasn't as big a deal as I, I think made it out to be in my head, but it still got to me. <laughs> well, he's right. driving alongside the bus and he sees his daughter in the window and she's, she's having, she's laughing with a new friend. And I'm like, that is just so sweet. Aww. Like it's her first time on the bus. She makes a new friend and she's laughing and the dad gets to see that. Come on. That's great. That yeah. is true. Speaking of our favorite Super Bowl commercials, we had a tweet from Eric Londrigan his favorite Super Bowl commercial, he, he says he'll argue the best year for commercials was 1984. The Apple commercial changed the U.S.'s image of Apple and led the Apple's current technology domination. And also 1984 
Where's the Beef? Apparently mm. that oh, yeah. premiered in 1984. Now, I don't think we're giving anything away here. Roxy wasn't even alive in 1984, so but you do know which one we're talking about, right, Roxy? I do, I do. Yeah, yeah she became an icon. Who didn't repeat it? That became a token. That's like, oh, that's what she said. You know, that was the, that's what she said of 1984, I think. Where's the beef? Uh, and now we have another email. Now, this one is a little interesting. This comes from Jeremy Irving. And he was our music guest on our last episode. So Jeremy Irving is someone I found out in a random original songwriters Facebook group. And he asked to have a song played. So we did. Now, he obviously knows nothing about the podcast or our, the subject matter and all that stuff. And they're just excited to get their music played on a platform like ours. So he writes, so by loyal littles, are you referring to your height or a fetish, LOL. I don't judge either way, but this will determine if I share it with my mom or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not expecting that loyal little. So just so you know, this is what some people think the loyal littles are. I'm just throwing that out there. So obviously I cleared it up and explained to him that yes, indeed, his mother could listen to the podcast. He actually felt a little silly, but, um, yeah, I just thought y'all would get a kick out of that. Now we've avoided it long enough. The Super Bowl. Real yeah. Quick. I mean, <laughs> it was not what we were expecting. I do believe all three of us had, we, we all had Tampa Bay, right? We did. Yeah. I now, did. Yeah, I, yeah I, was, I was going back and forth for a while. And then about maybe 10, 15 minutes before the game started, I'm like, no, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. <laughs> well, no you question. Pu- you put on what jersey did you? Uh, my Patriots Tom Brady jersey. Yeah, apparently that was somewhere on Twitter, so we can't take that away. So uh, everyone knows, Roxy, just say it. You were rooting for Tampa Bay. Now, Chuck, you might realize, is missing. He obviously needed a couple days off after that. Yeah, it was just kind of weird because I don't think any of us expecting the game we got. I think we were expecting a very close game either way, and it just didn't turn out to be that. Now, obviously, we let the big show do the X's and O's. But Joe, what was your just real quick reaction? Uh, It was shocking. I did not expect to see a Patrick Mahomes offense shut down in quite that way. It sort of made me feel a little silly because I had heard uh, repeated on podcasts the week leading up to the Super Bowl that their offensive line was just in tatters. And that really showed. There's a couple amazing graphics I could forward to you of um, the distance covered by Patrick Mahomes before passing the ball. He ran for 497 yards. Wait, uh, on passing plays, you know, moving laterally and backwards. Wow. It's it's incredible um, wow. the way that they like scattered him in the game. Yeah. I will say uh, I was happy. I texted you in the late in the third quarter when we got our first roughing the passer call, which if you remember, <laughs> um, was my number one prop bet. I think it was a little bit later and it just got it in under the wire. But that was the uh, that was the plus 155 bet. And I hope some people out there got a ticket in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're not a betting podcast here, but when you get a tip like that, I mean, you got to run with it, and it sure came through. I guess we should reference real quick that our Gatorade bet fell through because the website I was using only gave us four choices, so I thought they knew something we didn't. It ended up being blue, so we all pushed on that, or actually, we all lost. Speaking of roughing the passer, Joe, then your great pick there, your tip that hit, did we uh, not have one on the streaker? Did how did we how did we miss that one? How did yeah, we where miss? was that prop bet? Will where there the be bet? man in a bra streaking? 
Uh, <laughs> okay, well, that's really specific. Though, I mean, the one thing I, I'm shocked at how we missed this was where was the Super Bowl played? Tampa. Florida. Florida man. Florida man does it again. How did we miss this? I mean, come on. And we hear you, loyal littles. We've been seeing some chatter about missing the Florida man Friday news segment. So we might get one of those for you coming very soon. So now, Roxy, the first thing you said to me after the game was, okay, so now when did the football lip reads come out? And yes. uh, which made me laugh because you enjoy the uh, Joe, you know what those are? The bad lip readings. Yeah. 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 yeah now, those are amazing. Now, do those always come out after the Super Bowl? I wasn't aware of that. Or I thought those were just random and come out anytime. I don't know. It's been a little while. I, I do remember that they they used to come out in preparation for the next season. So maybe Roxy is just ah. antis- anticipating now that all the all the games on, are on film. It's time yeah, for them maybe. to splice it together. I, yeah, I do feel like I kind of pay attention to it. I'm pretty sure it comes out once a year. And maybe that's just me. I just happen to catch it once a year every year of one of them coming out but I always thought it was after the Super Bowl like a culmination of that whole entire season all the different teams that played and what they what they make of it (laughs) yeah so anyway we're looking forward to that so whoever's in charge of that get on that because we love those now one last thing before we get to our guest real quick uh we're gonna do our tiny little suggestion one of the benefits of having a Roxy what are you considered are you a millennial is that technically what you are you are yes she loves it <laughs> well, I feel like being the elder of the group, I feel like sometimes I can share things and I some things I really enjoyed growing up in the 80s and whatnot. And it's like, oh, you don't you know about that? Well, I was listening to some in the mood the other day and it just came up where I said to you something like, Hey, do you remember Jive Bunny? And you were like, Jive what? Now, Joe, do you know what Jive Bunny is? I do not. Oh, okay. So there I'm also this... ridiculously young. You're not that young. <laughs> no, I'm not. All right. So Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers, they were called back in the 80s. I hope some of you littles remember them. They had, it was like a three-hit wonder. Actually, in my opinion, it was a one-hit wonder type band. And they had a, a song called Swing the Mood. And basically what it is is just they do all these classic songs, like At the Hop, In the Mood, uh, what were some of the other ones, Roxy? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. Uh, Tutti Frutti. Yeah. yeah Tutti Just like fun, like 50s. Also a bunch of swing, um, great big band songs, just all mashed up together into one great song. <laughs> right. But what the, the difference was, Joe, was they this was one of the first people that ever came up with the concept of doing it with a, I guess I'll call it a rock beat underneath. Yeah. And that stayed consistent. And then they just mixed in all these other songs and it just works. I don't know how to explain it, but it works. And it was fantastic. Roxy had never heard of it. I was like, oh, I oh, was that's... bopping in my seat the whole time. I had it on repeat for a while. It was it's great. <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of those interesting things from the 80s. I think it came out like in 89 and it was called Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. That's my tiny little suggestion. One last thing before we get to our guest today. So we did a whole segment on the last episode about our commercials. Now, is there any update to that? What was our favorite commercial for this Super Bowl? I have a dark horse candidate. Uh, the one that immediately pops to mind, actually. Did you see the skull shaver? Actually, I did. I, I didn't really consider that a commercial, but yes. 
I was, it was, so it's such a weird year because, you know, a lot of big companies weren't advertising during the Super Bowl. Budweiser right, famously was right. like not ever. So it left some space for some fringe products out there. <laughs> and uh, I just, it would just kind of like surprise the hell out of me because you're expecting to see, okay, Toyota commercial. Okay. There's Matthew McConaughey. And then all of a sudden there's someone using a weird multi-pronged shaver on their bald head. I know everyone just jumped onto Google to find out what the hell this thing was. And it turns out. <laughs> It's supposed to be really excellent for people who have routinely have to shave their head. I just thought it was amazing that something that you would see on QVC usually made a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, that was pretty great, actually. And I, I'm trying not to reference the big show as much as I used to. But uh, the one thing I will say as reference on the big show yesterday, unlike Tony, I want to see Clarice and the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old, mm -hmm. it's called. And that looks so good. Did you see those previews? Yes. They, it just looks great. And Clarice, I've been waiting. I know, Roxy, you want no part of that. Why Why but... were they showing that so many times? Once well, because, was enough. Because it's on CBS, <laughs> and CBS was the host, and that's how it works, see? Uh, uh, yeah. It looks so good. Come on. I, you finally saw Silence of the Lamb. How can you not want to see that? I still have nightmares. Okay. Roxy, what's your commercial? Did you have one? Yeah, I really liked the Sam Adams commercial a lot oh, with the horses. The he tails. he takes the pin out of the reins and they they all run through the town wreaking havoc and Yeah. I forget the catch line, but I was laughing at that yeah. a lot. It was great. <laughs> all right. And I'm just going to throw a I wouldn't call it a dark horse like Joe, but I mean, those Tracy Morgan spots for Rocket Mortgage actually made me laugh a little bit. Now, I do think they went a little too far. They went on a little too long. Like there was this, do you know the one I'm talking about, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, there was this sequence of, well, it could be this, it could be, it, it just went on a little long, but I was, it was, it was nice to see him back in the spotlight a little bit, because we know he's gone through a lot of personal life stuff. It's just good to see him back on the screen. I always enjoyed his stuff. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be my choice. Welcome back, Tracy. Right. Yeah, welcome back, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> so first of all, how did we not talk about the Hellman's commercial? Yeah, how we didn't discuss the, the mayonnaise commercial, I don't know, but I... <laughs> I just always get scared which direction that's going in. So I just thought it was best to stay away. So <laughs> anyway, all right, you two, let's get out of here. Let's uh, get to our guest. Now, Joe, you're going to be excited because um, it's someone from Boston. That's all Excellent. we're going to say for right now. And uh, Loyal Littles will be right back with Meet the Littles. Miscasts, and this song is called That's What She Said, and we're hoping, actually, that it'll sound familiar to a lot of you loyal littles. It's off their album, Clutter in the Machine. You can find them on iTunes and other platforms, and of course, we'll play the full song at the end of the podcast, but we're going to let one of the band members tell you all about it. Please welcome to the show, Sully from Boston. Hey, Sully, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We're doing great. So uh, what we like to do is now be gentle with us, but we like to turn the show right over to you 
introduce yourselves to all the loyal littles out there and tell us anything you think they might want to know. I don't know that anybody wants to know anything about me. <laughs> um, of course they do. I'm uh, Sully from Boston. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts called Middleborough. It was the cranberry capital of the world when I was a kid. It is no longer the cranberry capital of the world, but Ocean Spray is still based there. Um, nice. I took three gap years between high school and college where I was in a pop punk band called Better Off Dead. Uh, we went nowhere <laughs> and played no live shows. So I said, we either have to schedule a live show or I'm going to college. <laughs> so I went to college. Amazing. Now, did mom and dad say that or just... <laughs> no, I, I made I made that decision after like okay. two years of just playing in rented studio spaces, then my garage... It was just time to make it. Yeah. So what instrument do you play? I, I play saxophone and trumpet. That was my major in college. Um, I really? sang in the band. Okay. Uh, well, when you said you said it was a punk band, right? A pop punk band? Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, there's probably not too much trumpet in that, right? You know? <laughs> uh, we, we, we finagled some in. Um, I'm, a, I'm a really big fan of ska. Yeah. Uh, so in, now Jason Fuse is rolling his eyes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I am I one of the reasons I was able to go to a jingle fest you know I'm a, I'm a very soft landing guy I need a soft landing I don't do good in situations where I don't know anybody mm-hmm. even if I know them through Twitter and I flew to LA to see the Boston's and Flogging Molly on St. Patrick's Day in 2017 mm. and had an amazing time and stood on the floor the floor of the forum which was just incredible to think yeah. like Magic and Bird played there. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> but I met an artist who designed all of the backdrop for the last previous year's Mighty Mighty Boston's hometown throwdown, which is three concerts in a row um, around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I met them at a bar. I just sent them a couple of beers because I had just bought the print she had done for the show. And, you know, just as a thank you for the great art that I really liked. And they came over and we talked and then they got me backstage and I hung out with the Boston's that night. Wow. We ended up getting kicked out of a VIP area because I didn't have a badge. It was great. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but we were really drunk at that point, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, sure. it was the dream. That's the dream. So now where did you go to college? So then I went to uh, Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, which mm-hmm. is not a music school, and got a degree in fine and performing arts with a concentration in music. So that's huh. like half my resume when just in letters alone. Yeah, I, I walked in and I was one of the better musicians in the in the jazz band. That was very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, we built it up. We had a really good band my junior year. Um, it was a lot of fun building a jazz band with a bunch of different people. And I played trumpet and sax and that. It was a great time. interesting combination. Yeah. I tried to double, which I'm I'm pretty sure you're aware of, um, mm-hmm. concept of. And I played clarinet and sax in high school and even like auditioned for like district regional types of things on mm-hmm. clarinet. But I tried to play flute and failed miserably after about three <laughs> and just was like, I'm never, this isn't going to be me. And just, I enjoyed trumpet more. I wish I had played trumpet from fourth grade, not saxophone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah it sounds like your college uh, situation was very much like mine. I went to a liberal arts school too, and very small. There was a jazz band established, but by the time I got there, but it was very, very small and not all majors played in it and stuff like that. So it was kind of what we made of it. Yeah, and that E flat key killed me too on flute. So uh, <laughs> it's like, oh. but it would make my pinky knuckle lock. Like I could never get there. It just sucked. I hated it because I, 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 I was an ed major, so I had to learn how to play all the read woodwind methods. Anyway, yeah. So I feel you. I guess that's in, what I'm trying to say. In high school, I thought I was going to do ed, and then they lined up like, like they told me everything that you needed, and I was like, nope, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I'm really good at theory. Maybe I'll teach theory somewhere. 
I graduated college with a bachelor's in fine and performing arts, like I said, with a concentration in music. And so that's how I got into bartending. <laughs> As you do. And, you know, I did that for like 10 years. And then I went and got a master's in sports management because I had gotten into uh, coaching first semi-pro football, which is anybody who wants to play football over the age of 18, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner of the team still plays. He is 54, I think now. Wow. He's a very large man. Uh, and he's a, he was a tackle, I think, most of his career. I think now he can kind of play guard. It's, it's not pretty, I don't think, anymore. But mm. Sure. It's a, it's a crazy league to watch play. There are some pros that have played in it um, after their careers have ended. Harold Shaw, who was a mm-hmm. running back out of anybody who might listen to this, Robert Bird might know him. And he, he actually crashed into the sideline. I thought I was going down like Charlie Weiss did that time, but I did not. <gasps> he just bounced off my legs, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> he's, he's like six to, like, at that time, wow. he's probably like 280. <laughs> wow. Wow. And where are those games? Up in Boston or where? Uh, so that was in my hometown of Middleborough. I moved back oh, home okay. to Middleborough right after college from uh, North Adams, which is the opposite corner of Massachusetts, five yep. minutes from mm-hmm. Vermont, 10 minutes from New York. If you're in that area, go to Mass Mocha, which is the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. It's amazing. Um, okay. We still go out there. To, to visit uh, probably every other year. So, uh, well, so do you still play? Uh, I mean, uh, on occasion, I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't really play with anybody. My other band, Miscast, which is me and one of the other guys from Better Off Dead, uh, we we actually had bumper music on the Kornheiser show. Oh, on the big show. Okay. On the big show. The song is titled, and I think Roxy will like this, That's What She Said. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> it's yeah, the, we do. It's the June 5th, 2018 episode. Um, I went back okay. and looked just to make sure I was not imagining it that it happened. Nice. And um, Liz laughed at my email about the song. So uh, eat it, Rob Colpian. <laughs> yeah, and it's... I it's, love... Uh, I, wait, for, for the people watching on News Channel 8, he's literally got this, like, Tony Award speech or Oscar speech now. And he's... <laughs> this is great. He's oh, no, holding I'm, it up I've got camera. lots of notes. He's got lots of notes. This is oh, fantastic. We love guests that come prepared. This is absolutely fantastic. Okay, so all right, so we have one eat it so far. Okay, we should start keeping track. So, so did they play the whole song at the end? They did, right? Yep. They, yep. Oh, okay, so your song, but so you don't have to say it like you did. You say, listen, my song got played on the big show one day. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Uh, it, it's it's a parody of The Office in a lot of ways, in the sense that uh, we describe it as we think it, we would like to think that it would be Michael Scott's favorite song if Michael Scott had a favorite song. Now, our next question, though, is have you been to New York to see the parody, The Office? I have not. Oh, okay. Okay. There is an have actual. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? No, you probably I, I'm even not sure it. what you're referring to. I've, I've been to New York once and I oh, spent most of the okay. time. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Well, that's not a bad place to spend it, even though that's not New York. You realize that, right? <laughs> you I were was, in the wrong I, state, man. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I got to New York. Gotcha. I, I took a train to Penn Station. Gotcha, from gotcha. Okay. Boston. And then you yeah. went to Hoboken. And yeah. I could not get out of Penn Station. Oh. And I texted okay. my friend and said, I don't know how to get out. Oh, she, Penn Station. She's like, I'll be worst. right there. <laughs> and I just told her what store I was by. And she came and uh-huh. got me. Yep. And so she got me out. She went, we went, I think we got a quick lunch and then she went back to work. Um, and then I just kind of explored the city. But that, that was the extent of my New York part. And then she lived sure. in Hoboken. Gotcha. Well, and I'm good at I'm good at bringing us back around. The whole point of this story was that there is a off Broadway musical. It's the Office parody, 
and it's actually really cute. They they actually look like the characters from The Office, and there's original songs and stuff like that. That's what made me think of that when you were telling us about your your song that you wrote. So could you go in real quick? How long have you been listening to Tony, and how did you first get introduced to him? Through Bob Ryan, the Boston yeah. uh, Bob Ryan, not the weatherman Bob Ryan. <laughs> uh, so he wrote a book in the 80s about the four Red Sox, the Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, and Celtics there. Like 87, 88 years or 86, 87 years. Mm -hmm. um, and called it the Four Seasons. And I was reading his column a lot. It was around 2000. You know, I'd been watching the sports reporter, so I knew who Tony was. And PTI was like, they were talking about it, but I don't think it had started yet. But I emailed Bob and we just kind of went back and forth in emails for a while. And then PTI started. So I was watching that because I was a college student and I had plenty of time. And then Around the Horn started and I was watching that too. Mm -hmm. um, talking to Bob about that even sometime. Um, he was really good at email back then, even though he can't use a phone. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, got back to me a lot, which was which was really cool. Um, yeah, that is really cool, actually. Yeah, and I found the, ra the radio show, I want to say, the no um, commercial break stream, where mm -hmm. you could hear them all swear and... Oh, oh wow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was... <laughs> really spectacular uh, to listen to um, and I, I think Neil referenced that a bit so that's about when I started I think I had anything read until 2015 2016 you um, mean emails or? Email. yeah I didn't yeah. have any emails read till then I don't remember yeah it's, it's around then that I that I did and and I've I've gone through stretches where I get a lot read and I go through stretches where I get none read that's uh, interesting actually because you've had quite a few one thing I did say to Roxy is maybe you could give me some lessons on how to say Revere because I'm, I'm <laughs> The woman who the woman who we're not allowed to say really busted my chops on episode one about that because I gave it a good go and I couldn't do it. Still can't do it. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you just got to pretend there's no, you know, R at the end of it, really. It's uh, when I spell it in the emails, it's R-E-V-E-A-H. Okay. And it's all counts. So, Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> which is the really exaggerated version um right sure but if if i'm drunk enough i drop my r's like that i just <laughs> i've trained myself to not be that way in you know normal life <laughs> gotcha. I'll, I'll work on it this will be the whole point of this this whole interview will be you to train me how to stay revered. so maybe i need a few drinks maybe that's it can't hurt. <laughs> all right. Well, real quick, and then we'll, because we all know the answer, I think. So, what's your favorite sport? Favorite team? Um. So it's it's all Boston teams, um, predictably. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think I, I like watching football more than I like watching baseball at this point. But I think mm -hmm. I'm more interested in tracking baseball. Mm -hmm. For five years coaching high school football, I was so into analyzing film and studying film and dissecting the game and you know when you when you watch film for analyzation you watch it you watch the same play 22 times because you have to see what every person on the field is doing so like i i enjoy watching football to that level like i don't watch every play 22 times now but i can break it down so much faster than i used to be able to so i enjoy really? watching a game live for that reason mm -hmm. i don't okay. but i i i'm i'm more into baseball in the sense of tracking team movement and player movement I, i'm in a i'm in a fantasy baseball league that I, I really enjoy which is you know al only two catcher the original like fantasy rules book we, we've made some adjustments to that but it you know it started with the, those original rotisserie rules i guess you could call them so a couple quick follow-ups then so two things first of all so 
Tony Romo, how do you feel about him then as an announcer? Because it sounds like he's kind of like you're kind of an announcer because this is a guy that obviously played and he breaks it down. And but I know that annoys some people, but I know a lot of people who like it. I think it's great. I've, I've learned yeah. watching from him, uh, <laughs> watching him talk about it and just yeah. with those quarterback eyes. It's it's an invaluable tool to have somebody that knowledgeable break down film with you. And he's doing it live in the moment. It's, it is pretty incredible. I mean, I will say sometimes I'm kind of on the fence with it because sometimes it annoys me because he, he, he a lot of times will go like, well, this is what he should do. This is that he should go to the left, da, 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 you know, whatever. And it happens. So I'm like, good for you. You were right. But it was like, hello, spoiler alert. You know, <laughs> it's like good for you. You you know, he knows what's coming, you know, and he, as he should, like you said, those quarterback eyes. So. All right. Now I have to ask because you're obviously a Patriots fan. Yes. I'm assuming. So the Tampa Bay situation. Shad uh, asked me this question in non-haiku form on the Roger Reject <laughs> video conference call we did when we did the draft back in September. Okay, and, uh, we, he, he what's said, that? We have to get into that. Like, oh, you mean, so is the, this the that's, the, it's, that's the league that uh, the Robert talked about. Yeah. Okay, I yeah, I have to be in that. We have to get in um, that next year if there's a spot. I'm sure that it's, it's hard to get into, but big fantasy guy, and I didn't know about it. So I'm like, crap. Yeah, so there were there were three divisions at one point when I joined. He kind of paired it up as if it's like the winners play each other at the end, but it there's there was relegation. Like you could get kicked out of one division into the next division down like European League soccer. Right. He undersold that aspect of it a little bit I thought, and maybe it's cuz there wasn't the third division this year. I hope it gets back to the third division. Uh, oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But no, I I said I said Brady was dead to me then and i i stick by that uh, <laughs> yeah. so you're not happy how things I, I, turn out i feel out. like you either you either feel that way or you still root for him there's like no in between all right well so, so you can stick around right sure okay all right so let's take a quick break and we will be right back with meet the littles welcome back to the loyal littles podcast and i've been doing my best revere revere i'm getting there right oh boy. Close, Come on, that's, close i'm getting there i'm getting i've been working in the break I, i'm working on it littles i swear i'm trying okay so uh we are lucky enough to have sully with us uh doing this great interview and one thing he wanted we wanted to touch upon this berserker league now what is this all about so uh, i one of the greatest things that has come from the hive mind that is the Diane Kruger effect was the Berserker League. And it was a fantasy football league that existed last year that, that I won. Um, <laughs> All right. I, I mean, two people took themselves out of the playoffs and it might've been Robert and Jason because they were the commissioners and had to judge things. But, you know, I could only play the schedule put in front of me and I, and I went <laughs> up winning. But they, they had a, an almost uh, like two and a half hour podcast to kind of discuss the rules and how this was going to go. And it was described as a heptadecathlon where every week the scoring rules change. Now, can we pause for a second? It, it, this happened to be the one about with the 20-sided die? Yeah, that, yeah, that was different? the wheel. Oh, yep. oh okay, okay, okay. Because I heard something about this, but I didn't quite know what that was. Okay, I think, um, actually, I think Jason brought that up. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So the, the rules were were very, very strange. I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to read through the names of the weeks uh, quickly. Okay. Uber, which was just really enhanced scoring. So like the top score that week, I think was 14,000 uh, points in fantasy football. Lucky week where uh, seven yard touchdowns were worth a thousand points. Game theory week where we all voted on who, this is very survivor like, so you'll like it. We all voted on who we thought would be our ally and who we thought would betray us. And you could actually reach out to people and ask and 
you know, we all submitted what we thought to, I think, Bobby Gottfried, if I remember correctly. And he collected it all and sent it all off to back to Luke, who did all the scoring. You got points. If everybody was, if you allied with somebody, you got two points. If you picked Betray and they picked Ally, I think you got five points. And it it was just, what happened with your players in the field had no impact on your results. <laughs> it, was, it was great. And Rob, Rob Culpium just betrayed everybody. And oh. James Brzee is still very angry about it. <laughs> Steel Fortress Week was probably my favorite week. A secret panel of judges judged the starting names for every player based on awesomeness. So it was like QB1 versus QB1 for the head-to-head matchup, QB2 versus QB2. And the Matt Bryant corollary bonus points was based on a panel of judges that judged your punter's headshot. So how attractive your punter was. Or your Ah. two punters. Because you had two punters. Now, can we pause for a second? Seriously, I, I I have a serious question. Now... Is this a league where you can pick up players along the way, or is this you have to go with your original draft and that's what you get? So the, now, my, my, my question is, should you be thinking of these things ahead of time when you draft your punter? Like, you don't care how many, how good of a field goal kicker he is. You should try to see how attractive he is or something like that. So because the relevant uh, players change it every week, we reset fab every week. So you get $1,000 fab every week. Okay. And... It was like a feeding frenzy. One of them, I think it was Robert, described as waivers should be like a piranha surrounding a fish. <laughs> uh, everybody should want the same guys every week and how much are you going to bid to get certain guys? There are 24 starters and no bench. So you weren't allowed to just hold a guy because he'd be good for the next week. You either had to decide to use him or dump him. It was insanity on waivers ran on Wednesday because they rolled, spun the wheel on Tuesday to tell us what rule was next because we didn't know ahead of time which rule was what. Ah. Um, And there's like 14 more rules that are all pretty crazy. You know, I think probably the, the like another one that had nothing to do with the players in the field was alumni week. Basically, if the college that the player went to won, you got a point. And if not, you got you didn't get a point. <laughs> um, you know, that one got a little tricky in coaches because we had a head coach on the roster, and so we mm. had to do a lot of digging and like which school counted and <laughs> oh, right. coaches who didn't yeah. play at big time schools or anything like that, oh, or right. finding a result for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So th- wow. you know that one was interesting. There was a whole week that had a multiplier based on Luke's uh, version of good color scheme for the uniforms. Well, that, oh, I well, like that one. Can we, can we go back? Do you remember, did anyone have a, a player from Binghamton or how did that work out? Like, I don't think Binghamton has. They don't. I, that, <laughs> good for you. So, <laughs> trick question. <laughs> trick question. Very good. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they play football on the Bailey league court. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Ricky Bobby week was, was a popular one where if you're, Players' team didn't win. You didn't get their points, and I think actually you got you got them subtracted. So like the year we did this, the Giants were terrible. So if you had Saquon Barkley get 100 yards and three touchdowns, but the Giants lost, you'd get minus all those points. For oh people. no! Yeah. So yeah, it was. It, you know, a lot of a lot of this stuff was was quite negative. There was golf week where you <laughs> you wanted to get as close to zero with a full roster as possible, but you had to like, you had to get at least one to score. Like zero didn't count. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Sounds berserk, ha- man. Oh, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> Chaos is how they described it a lot. Um, Price is right week. They set a score. I think it was 200 and you had to get as close to 200 without going over. Amazing. 
So most of these rules have nothing to do with their the player's talent, what they actually their performance actually on the field most of the time. Hundred percent, yes. That's <laughs> yeah. That is a league I think I could be a part of. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It was consternating in the sense that you didn't know what was coming, so you couldn't plan ahead. So there really was no strategy in sense of drafting. I know I I made a lot of notes ahead of the draft. I I don't want anybody to think that I remember all this from two years ago. So I did go back and listen to the whole podcast that they did again, just to make sure I could speak with it. I don't want to say intelligently, because it doesn't feel like a very intelligent subject, but um, with knowledge of what I'm talking about. And the whole thing was essentially run on Twitter, other than your roster on ESPN. So if if you go back and look, there's just all the standings are still there. And it, it, it was a wild, wild time. Now, and please forgive me if this is a duh question, but going back to the big show, have you ever had a, a jingle played on the big show? Not a, a jingle. The only real jingle that I've I've put a ton of time into was actually a, a jingle about Jamie and Rob. Oh. Uh, I'm a, I'm also I'm a big Frank Turner fan. If anyone knows who Frank Turner is, mm. I was at one of his shows. He did like 11 shows in like 400 days in Boston because he considers Boston his like U.S. home. Mm-hmm. And I went to all of them and it was spectacular. But I was tweeting about it and one of Rob or Jamie tweeted back at me that they Jamie loved Frank Turner and Rob was like he puts on a really good show and we went back and forth for a while and that's kind of how I got to know them a little bit better. So I took one of his songs and I just you know made it Peggy sings the blues. And I made it Jamie Sips Crafts Brews. Um, <laughs> you know, and that was never going to get played on the show. Right. But the, the weird part was, is I finished recording it and then flew down to Jingle Fest in D.C. The day I was flying down was the day they were getting married. So I had uploaded it the night before, not knowing they were getting married oh, and wow. got off the plane. And then they would just gotten married at Chatter. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and I wasn't there, but like. John Miller had picked me up at the airport with Michelle, and it was great. They they made a sign for me and everything. Oh, um, and yeah, it, you know they they made the landing very soft for me in terms of getting there. And I didn't mm-hmm. know them before. Mm-hmm. John just kind of, hey, you want us to pick you up at the airport? And I was like, what? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the, the, it's amazing. Like Jamie had the same thing, or was it Jamie? Yeah, it was Jamie that happened. The woman who we're not allowed to yeah. say her name. So he did the same thing, and she's Claire, like, Wait, Claire, what? Claire, 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 Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Rosendale right now. I get to say it. Oh, wow. Wait, you that... are? I live in Rosendale, yes. Oh, my gosh. No way. So, uh, speaking of, have you ever done a Friday Five? I am not on the Facebook anymore. I got oh, off in, like, April. So you're not on the uh, Facebook. Oh, good for you. Good for you, right? <laughs> yeah, try to, try to promote a podcast. Must have been liberating. Be <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, yeah I, I understand why you're there. And Okay, well, here's an interesting question, then, because you are very active on Twitter. So is there a specific reason? I mean, what's the difference really? Is there? I'm, I'm much better able to curate my feed on Twitter. Um, okay, gotcha. I use a, a program called TweetDeck, which lets you create lists within one tab. So like I have a, a littles list and a bigs list and a, a bands list and a Boston news list and a Boston oh. list. So I can really kind of only see what I want to see. I don't have to look at my timeline necessarily. Interesting. I didn't even know you could do that. So here's a new question, actually. What is the one thing that Tony does that drives you the most nuts? Oh, I said I was going to talk about it. Uh, has Saliza on the podcast? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I tell her what that? Yeah. <laughs> can I? Yeah. All right. So, we, you know, we have this what we used to very graciously call the Claire form. Sully filled it out and he just said, because I always asked, you know, I want to be fair to everyone. Like, what's is there anything you don't want to talk about? And you, you quote said, 
it's probably best to avoid Saliza. <laughs> <laughs> so we can avoid him. It's cool. So who are your other favorite guests then? I think my favorite guest is pro. I mean, is Gary a guest? I guess Gary's a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, they're all guests now. It's like they come on these random times. Yeah, I mean, and for obviously back in the day, they were all just staples. Well, it kind of reminds me of the time when he started thanking his guests at the end of the podcast again. And he's like, oh, we don't get thanked. And he's like, well, no, you're just you're here. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like he meant like the call in guests and stuff like that. So um, another loyal little question. And I'm going to ask this because you were in you play instruments and you were in college. First of all, did your college have a marching band and did you play in it? No, it's one of okay. my big regrets. I wish I had gone to a big football school with a marching band. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, that that would be fun. Yeah, my college didn't even have a football team. They do now. They didn't back in the day. Matter of fact, I think they got it my senior year. So we were a big soccer school is what we were. So, well, Roxy, do you have any questions? Well, I want to ask, I assume you're an Office fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if you had to watch, if you were only able to watch one episode of The Office for the rest of your life, which of these four would you choose? And it was the Dundies, the dinner party, the convict, or threat level midnight. I think it's probably the dinner party. Mm. Yes. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> Jason and I went towards the Dundies, but dinner party is a close yeah. second. Sure, sure. It's yeah, just I, so amazingly awkward. I, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bad Office fan. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. But that's the one where he has like the really tiny like plasma screen, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, and he yeah. says, I if, that one the if other it's day. so, it would be that one. If there's a lot of people, he can just pop it back into the wall, and it moves in like maybe an inch. <laughs> I've seen blo- a blooper reel for that episode, and those are hilarious. I mean, just, that whole episode. They, is it, just, it took them so yeah. long to get that episode together. <laughs> and and the, the other reason we like it is because it adds Jan to the mix, which is yeah. she's just so great on that show. She's that, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Having sung a song called That's What She Said, I think that's my favorite That's What She Said. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It, it, so we made a video that is on YouTube, and it's basically cut together movie clips with office clips mm-hmm. for for our song. And it, I mean, it's it's okay. It's it's nothing special. And I'm amazed it's still there because no one's caught the images for like copyright or anything. But you know, last mm-hmm. I checked, it was still there. So actually, I did have one other to go back. Now, obviously, you went down for Jingle Fest, you said, right? So you've been to Chatter. Do you have any fun Chatter stories, memories, or anything like that? Uh, I've been to Chatter twice in the same weekend on the, I think it was the Thursday, which was the day after the wedding. So as, as right. to mark time, um, I got in a car with the Millers and Joe Arrow and Jenny Robbins. And we drove from the Jingle Fest Hotel to Chatter for Speaking of Tangents. Oh, nice. Uh, where I met KJ and I met Jason and I met Jean. She was on that show. I met the only Kornheiser I've met, which is Carol. I met Bobby Gottfried. I met Mark or Nigel or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll just call him whatever. <laughs> and trying to remember who else I met. I know there were more people. That's where I met Jen Babish. It, you know, there were a lot of people there. It, it's a little yeah. because I hadn't met any of them before and a lot of them knew each other. Uh, yeah. But then we got back in the same car and we went to the Nats game that Jen Babish had organized, which was great. Uh, there nice. was a whole section and we just kept jumping around different seats, sitting with different people, talking to different people, meeting them. Yeah, it, it, that was a lot of fun. Well, Sully, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time. As the homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Roxy? Over or under? 
neither because we moved to Rosendale. Because I'm going to say that again. Um, <laughs> uh, two years, uh, basically two years ago at this point, and it was a new construction condo, and I haven't installed them yet. So oh. we we don't have oh. anything to hang them off. You scared us there for a second, slowly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, we don't have the option. So yeah, I'm, there you go. Wow, there you go. Well, when you do put it in, what are you thinking? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, you don't I, like I because you've asked this question to so many people. I I've literally tried to remember what we had before in our old apartment, and I have no actual recollection. I think it was okay. 100. We just find it funny that it is such a huge, to some, it is a big deal. It is a major deal. That's all I'm going to say. Well, Sully, we can't thank you enough. Uh, what do you need to, do you have anything to plug? I know you're on Twitter. That's just Sully in Boston, right? It's easier to find it with at Rice Twist. Okay. So that's the, the handle you would search. Um, gotcha. Okay, good. And then Miscast uh, is on, it's Miscast. That's what she said. If you put that in a YouTube search, you'll, it should pop up as the first thing uh, okay. for the video. Miscast is on Spotify. I will plug everything Diane Kruger effect mm -hmm. uh, in awe of what they created with the album. If you haven't listened to it, you should, you should really go through it. It's, it's funny. It's smart. It's, it's everything a little craves in their content. It takes a lot of listening to get a lot of it. And you know, the book's coming out soon too. So that'll be good. I'm sure. Maybe allegedly. Um, uh. <laughs> this forthcoming book which you know and i give them a lot of shit for that but they're good sports about it and i, th I think they want it done as much as i want to read it well according to jason it's it's done it's now in the editing process and i'm sure you're like i'll believe it when i see it but that's <laughs> that's what the word on the street is so we're hoping yeah i mean i don't i don't know how much stock i put in the editing process is done i mean apparently jamie read it i don't know if that counts <laughs> <laughs> all right sully well thanks so much for the time we really appreciate it and uh well i'm sure we'll talk to you again soon yeah thanks for having me this is great absolutely nice to meet all you. right nice to meet you all right all you loyal littles we'll be right back Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Sully from Boston. A great time. And all those, again, these old school stories are just so great. And that in-depth fantasy football league, I don't know. I, I might have to get involved in that if, if there's room because it just sounds like so much fun. So thank you, Sully. And so now, as promised, we have our Super Bowl halftime, what are we calling it? Breakdown. Real quick, Roxy sent me this video of her dancing the night away during the halftime show. And uh, so, Roxy, I, people want to know, you're the pro here. I mean, as far as the dancing, what do you got? Well, I created a new uh, a game for myself. So from now on, every Super Bowl halftime show, I'm going to be watching and trying to pick up the choreography. So that was super fun. It got me up and moving and exercising for 10 minutes, whatever. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I think the performance was, though I, I don't listen to The weekend a lot, I thought it was entertaining. 
There were some really interesting elements to it. The choreography, like I said, was really fun. I loved the element of he had some strings. He had some live instruments, talented people playing instruments. And that was really cool. So there was a little bit of everything, I think, in the performance. Well, now, I didn't do too much homework on this. But the rumor on the, the Google machines are that the string players were not playing live. They were mimicking. And so that was kind of a bummer to hear that. No, That's again, okay. It was I did... still pleasing to the eye. So that's it was true. still entertaining. But yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, to be honest. So I, I shouldn't even probably bring that up. But, you know, it's what we read on the interweb. So it makes you wonder. Well, Joe, do you, what, what, are you, what are your feelings on the halftime show? Do you rank it high, rank it low? I felt like it was pretty great. Uh, and I think that there's a, a little bit too much hate for the weekend out there on the interwebs from what I've seen. And my wife, who is a professional vocalist, was uh, impressed with what he was doing. And, you know, you can never know for sure because there's so much additional noise being piped in. But we are under the impression that he was singing live, which yeah. is props. You know, a lot yeah, of people absolutely. do the Super Bowl halftime show and they do not sing live. Like it's yeah. a pretty rare thing to see, actually. Yeah, no, that's that's always tough. I mean, uh, we've had that experience. Well, Roxy, too. You know, I've done two national anthems and that's the in this the baseball stadiums. And that's the first thing they tell you is do not listen to the the speaker feed in the live stadium. Just don't listen to it because it's got all the bounce back. It's not an easy thing to do if you're singing live. No. Yeah. And now, I mean, now they have all this in-ear technology and stuff, so it's much easier. You can hear yourself better. But still, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I do have to say, overall, I don't think it ranks up there high for me in halftime shows. And I'm more of an old school kind of, obviously, I'm the old guy, get off my lawn. But I mean, look, there's been some recent ones in the past decade or two that I've really liked, like Prince and uh, Bruno Mars and and those Mm -hmm. shows like that. I think I just prefer like the band and that's more of my flavor. Do we get into the costumes do we know what was going on there? Because I don't. So <laughs> I didn't really have much to add on the costume front. Uh, well, what was that? There was some supposedly that was some symbolism with their wrapped faces with uh, the plastic surgery that happens in L.A. or something like that. Is that anything we know about? He does uh, the weekend for his last album. He did this like face augmentation thing, which was gotcha. supposedly calling out uh, people who have had too much work done, from what I understand. So I I think this was part of a whole motif. Gotcha. Well, it was a little bit confusing at first, I have to be honest. But you know what? Honestly, if it's getting people to then go Google it and figure it out and see what it is, then that's kind of what it's doing. It's That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to get people to try to get more informed about it. And fortunately, most people were making fun of it, thinking it was jock straps and underwear and things like that. But yeah, so I I don't know. That whole – and then the whole funhouse sequence – That was weird. Uh, Yeah, I do think, though, that that was a really clever way to, I think, showcase kind of the state of the world, what we're we're dealing with all of this virtual stuff. And I thought that was a cool way to incorporate that close up shots. Yes, I got a little dizzy watching it, but I think it it was a reflection on that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't didn't even see, and I, I would never even think to piece that together like that. But yeah, so anyway, so... Well, I'm curious, Joe. You did you you did say you enjoyed it, and that's great. So, did... but I'm with you. It's not like an all timer because I don't okay, think right. that this wasn't like a universal band experience, like what you're talking about. Like when yeah. you know Bruce Springsteen plays and he sure. does like seven number one hits, like that's uh-huh. going to be a different show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Beyonce completely like tears the entire place down and has like the best choreography in the world, that's an all timer. 
This one was sort of like to fit a very odd year. <laughs> it was a pretty <laughs> odd halftime performance. I just yeah. thought that um, they managed to pull off something kind of interesting. So that's why that's, I liked it. That's very true. And I, I do have to give a quick shout out to the, you know, this is funny. So we were watching to the end of the game and we were curious because we felt, again, we're not going to do the X's and O's, but we did think it was a very close battle for MVP. As I've referenced before, it's the first time I actually got to watch it. So I'm like, I'm watching the whole thing. I'm waiting it out. I'm going to see who wins the MVP. It took forever. I was like, <laughs> so my, first of all, my shout out was to the all the people behind the scenes that get that halftime show up and running in like literally six minutes. Yeah, How they get impressive. that set up that quickly and then torn down. Now, we do know, obviously, it's an extended halftime, but still, that's incredible. I mean, it feels like you go away for commercial, you come back and they start the halftime show. Yeah. And you see this like ridiculous stage and all these things on the field. And you're just like, how the hell did they do that? So seriously, though, it felt like it, there was a half hour between the end of the game and when they started handing out the trophy on this little stage that probably took a minute to set up. So right. I know that has to I know that has to do with media and stuff like that. And the players doing their thing with their families and stuff, which I get. But it just was funny. All right. Real quick before we get out of here, we do have some quick birthday shout outs. Joe Pesci, 77 today. Mm. Uh, one of my faves. Uh, if you haven't seen With Honors, I know he's done so many good things, but that one came out of nowhere for me. It was released around 1994 in that area, if I remember correctly, doing that off the top of my head. I thought Oscar-worthy performance. Have you guys ever... Roxy, you've seen that, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 Joe, have you seen that? You know, I haven't. I just looked it up. Um, I, the cover of the uh, VHS tape is iconic to me. It was in every video store, so I have to catch up and watch that one. Also, happy birthday, Carol King. She's 78 today and wow. uh, obviously a very big influence on many in the music world. And, uh, you know, we just had a, a Broadway show that ran, what, like five or six years based on her life. It was fantastic. And in the sports world, we have Saquon Barkley. Now, Ooh. 23? Is that possible? Is he only 23 years old? Unfortunately, it's very possible, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, and then real quick, we have a couple on this day. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in college. Roxy, you were born, but we won't go into how old you were. Joe, on this day in 1992, Magic Johnson returns for the All-Star Game after three months earlier, shocking the world, announcing that he had contracted HIV. And he was immediately retired, is what he said, and then he came back for the All-Star Game. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was a... I'll never forget, I was in jazz band in college when our band director came in and we heard the news because back then we didn't have cell phones and all this stuff where we just get our news instantly. And we were all just, it was just shocking news. And uh, we're just, I'm just, we're just glad he's well. And now he's done so much other things for sports, including baseball and the Dodgers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, let's not forget his connection with Wilbon, of course. Uh, anyway, yeah, that, was an amazing, that was an amazing uh, time period back then. I remember distinctly as a kid, my dad got me out of bed for two things. One was that he had just seen on ESPN or something that Magic Johnson announced that he had HIV. And the second one was Princess Di. So I remember oh, yeah. both of those like weirdly sleepily waking up and going into the living room and watching mm -hmm. with my dad. Are you wow. really that young? Yeah. Because <laughs> that was 1997. So uh, I remember that night too. It was very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, on this day in 1971, pitcher Leroy Satchel Page becomes the first Negro League veteran to be nominated for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Big moment for, you know, because a lot of his stuff, well, now they are including, I believe, the Negro Leagues, the statistics, if I'm correct. 
Yes. They finally, they finally opened that bag, rightfully so. The couple times I went to Kansas City, I made sure that's where the uh, museum is, and I made sure to go there. And I always, always enjoy going to that one because it's, it's such a good education on so many levels to see all these different teams and just what they had to go through to finally get a chance to play in the big leagues. And it's a, it's a great museum. If you, if you get a chance, you should check it out in Kansas city. Uh, and then now this one came up in our last interview, uh, last episode, 1964, first appearance of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. Yes. <laughs> so that's always a, that's always a really good Were you in college uh, when that happens? Now that's just me. <laughs> Is that really necessary? Hey, uh, deep, deep cut though, just back to the Satchel Page thing real quick. There was an HBO movie that was actually pretty good where Delroy Lindo played Satchel Page. Um, oh, really? I can't remember the actors who played Josh Gibson and Jackie Robinson, but it was sort of about Jackie Robinson leaving the Negro Leagues to break into a Major League Baseball. Right. But Del- Delroy Lindo, who was in The Five Bloods, the Spike Lee joint this year, who's getting like a lot of a, who should be getting a lot of award attention. He was an, he was an amazing Satchel Page. So look that movie up. What's the name of it? It's called Soul of the Game. All right, Soul of the Game. We'll have to check it out. All right, Loyal Littles, real quick, uh, we're going to get out of here by – we recently, Roxy, you and I did another upcoming interview. We don't want to tell you who it is, but it was a fun time, and it was a she. That's your only clue. And she brought to our attention that at one point about five or six, seven episodes ago, we did this whole thing with TV comedies and stuff like that. And we didn't really talk about any dramas. We didn't give any suggestions for dramas. So we thought we would do that real quick. Now, we're not going to give anything away. We're going to save it for next episode. But The Bachelor was on last night. And, well, we're not going to go into it because we don't want to give anything away. (laughs) We're going to hopefully Simon will be back with us. You two can go at it and talk all about it. Lots of drama for sure. (laughs) Lots of drama. So speaking of drama, we have a couple – now – one of the reasons I didn't bring them up is because I have too many. I watch everything and it's a real issue I have and it's I really should get a support group for it because <laughs> but this will be fun, Joe, and it involves you a little bit because one of our other now, as I referenced last time, Joe, me, Roderick, uh, Roxy, Simon, we all play on the softball team. Well, we also have another teammate and his name is Josh Sagara. Now, he has been a reoccurring role on the series FBI and he's been causing trouble, and we don't like that, but we love Josh, but it's a great spot. He's been on like four or five episodes, but he has been creating havoc between the two leads, which really upsets Roxy and I. Roxy, are you caught up on that? I am, yeah. So we yeah. don't know if he's actually done or not now. We don't right. want to give too many spoilers, but something occurred, a little something he forgot to tell someone he was dating, and now all of a sudden it created a little <laughs> havoc. But anyway, so anyway. FBI, also another series, FBI Most Wanted. We like those a lot. Big dramas. Now, let's get to this list. All right. I'm not kidding, Littles. These are shows I watch religiously. A Million Little Things, This Is Us, For Life, The Good Doctor, Prodigal Son, The New One, Big Sky. I'm not quite sure where that's going to go because the storyline's pretty much over. But anyway, it's still out there. The Resident, All Rise, and Bull. All of these shows I can recommend to you. I know it's oh. way too much. It's way too much TV to be watching. And those are just dramas. Roxy, any of those ring out to you like you? Yeah, up? I mean, I obviously I definitely watch FBI, FBI Most Wanted, Bull. Um, I've seen a few episodes of For Life and All Rise. And usually those are the ones that I kind of fall asleep to. Not that that means they're bad. That just means <gasps> I'm, I've am i had it my day. So, um, right. 
But yeah, I mean, there are a few that, that Chuck watches that I will not watch, like Prodigal Son and coming up Clarice, Clarice and all that. But And you're also a big sky, not a big sky person because it's, no, it's a no. little scary. It's It's got a little dr- uh, suspense screaming. to it. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, you watching any of those? Of course, we're watching our boy Josh on FBI. Um, but that's the only appointment viewing that you list for me. Okay. All right. Well, now talk about bearing the lead, Joe. Uh, speaking of our boy Josh, uh, how about apparently you had a little guest spot on Blue Bloods the other night? Yeah, man. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, it was it aired Friday night, but I think you can still watch it on Hulu. It was episode eleven of the current season and had a nice. had a couple, had a little had a little showdown with uh, Bridget Moynihan. Cool. No spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, Joe, we'll have to check that out because we didn't even know about that until just now. All right, Roxy, tell them how they can get in touch with us. Email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com, on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod, and on Facebook, the Loyal Littles Podcast Facebook page. All right, all you Loyal Littles, thanks for listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. And remember, if you're out shopping online tonight, use the code. And so that's how I got into bartending.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Revere.